Hi, thanks for joining us online. We're glad that you've chosen to access this message. It's so encouraging to know that God is using the ministry of Portico Community Church to touch the hearts and lives of people all across the world. If you have a story to share or a prayer request, we would love to hear from you at info at porticocanada.ca. To support our ministry, you can donate online by clicking on the donate button at the top right of your screen. Once again, we're so glad that you've joined us. It's our prayer that this message from God's Word will deeply impact your life. Uh, if you are brand new to our church, I just want to welcome you. It's so good to have you here, and we'd love to meet you following the service. So please make yourself known, um, as we would just love to connect with you and see how you can uh, be a part of this wonderful church that we've got here uh, today. And, and all you kids in the room, raise your hands right now. Let me see your hands. Raise your hands. Yeah, kids in the room, I see some adults raising your hands. Uh, liars, okay. Uh, yeah, liars, pants on fire, okay? Um, yes, yes, yes. Kids, good to see you today. It's so good to see you. Um, for those of you who have been journeying with us, we know that we've been going through a series called This is Living, Choosing Joy in Life's Everyday Moments. And uh, because I've got all of you in the room today, I thought it'd be great to talk about worry talk about worrying. So what I did uh, this week is I actually Googled the top 10 things we worry about in 2018. Top 10 things that we worry about in 2018. And one of the first things that showed up was uh, work. We worry about work. We worry about employment. No surprise, right? Another thing is money. We worry about money, we worry about the economy, we worry about the future. Uh, when I was Googling uh, these things, there were some of the top 10 things that kids worry about too, and it was, it was amazing. There were so many of these kids that were worrying about money and the economy, and I was thinking to myself, parents, stop talking to your kids about this stuff, right? <laughs> these little kids, these four or five-year-olds are worrying about the economy at four and five, all right? Last time I remember when I was a little kid or even when I was a teenager, the things that I would be worrying about is a pimple on my face, okay? Let's let kids be kids. Uh, another thing is health. We worry about our health. We worry not about uh, just our own personal health, but we worry about the health of, of family and friends. And, and in some of the lists that I saw, there's a lot of people who worry about their pets. Their pets is really high up there. Anyone, uh, anyone here have a pet? All right, yeah. Anyone here have a pet who's more like a family member? It's not a pet. It's, it's like, you know, it's your child and then maybe just below is your pet but maybe at the same level as your child, but we just don't admit it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I can see it. I can see it. Some of you are smirking. You're like, I know it's a bad habit, but it's so true. Uh, in relationships, we worry about uh, one day finding Mr. and Mrs. Right, right? And if we don't find them right away, we, we just panic. So those are the some things that we worry about. We worry about appearance, when I was looking at the top 10 things, appearance came up. People worry about wrinkles, people worrying about hair loss. I know that every morning I'm going up to Rachel going, it's gone deeper, right? It's back more, yeah? But uh, we worry about things like appearance. Uh, for kids in the room, 
One of the things that it talked a lot about was about being late, late for school, right? Kids worry about being late for school, right? Parents, you worry about your kids waking up in the morning to actually get to their bus, right? We worry about those things. We worry about politics. We, we, it was funny when I was doing this top 10, it was amazing how so many times they put politics and terrorism beside each other. Uh, I'm not going to dive into that, but yeah, okay. Uh, moving on. We worry about global warming, right? We worry about the, the planet. We worry about our schools, our grades. Kids, are you worried about your grades right now? Or do you think that you got this, right? Oh, I'm going to show them, right? Yeah, 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 right? And finally, we worry about family, right? Moms, you know what I'm talking about, right? Dads, you try and play it off cool. Moms, you worry about your family, right? And, and, and as you can see, we all worry. All of us worry about something. In fact, when I was actually putting this list together, I, I legitimately put top 10 things we worry about in 2018. And I must have found about 10,000 different responses to that, different lists, all accumulating all these different types of worries. And none of them were the same. None of them were the same, which tells you something, that worry isn't a you problem. Worry isn't a you problem. It's an everybody problem. We all worry. I remember hearing a story about a, a, a nervous airline passenger who began pacing around the terminal um, because there was bad weather delays that were happening for his flight. And during his walk, he actually he, he came across... Um, sorry, he, he, he came across this life insurance machine and it offered $100,000 in the event of, an, uh, of untimely death aboard this specific flight. And the policy was only $3. So he, he thought to himself, hey, $3, that's actually, that's pretty good. I'll do that, right? It might give me a little bit of peace. And he looked out the window. He saw the clouds. He got afraid. He started thinking about his family at home. And for that price, it would be foolish not to buy. So he took out the coverage. He spent the $3. And then he ended up going to this, this place that uh, he loved to eat in, in, the, in the airport. And it was Chinese food. It was Chinese food. It was so good. It was some general chow chicken. And anyways, he goes there and he has this delicious meal. He's feeling confident about himself because he just spent $3 and he's got 100000 just in case anything happens to him in his life insurance policy. He enjoys his meal. He opens up his fortune cookie. And this is what it reads. Your recent investment will pay big dividends. <laughs> We all struggle with worry. We all struggle with worry. We sweat over the big stuff. And yeah, unfortunately, we sweat over the small stuff as well. And it's, it's actually so big that throughout Scripture, we see that these different authors, these different characters in the Bible were constantly addressing the issue of worry. And one of those guys was Paul. He was addressing the issue of worry when it came to the church of Philippi. So open up your Bibles 
and, and let's see what it has to say in Philippians. Philippians 4, Philippians 4, Philippians 4, 1 to 9. Philippians 4, 1 to 9. If, uh, if you are new, we have an app that will be uh, more than available, just Portico. Uh, you'll be able to get on the app, see the, the, uh, the, the slides, see everything that you need. Bible verses will be up there just to help you out. If you don't have, uh, if you don't have a Bible with you, also I encourage you to get the Bible app. I've been informed that today or tomorrow is National Bible Day, right? So I think they make up a lot of these things. But uh, anyways, here's what Philippians 4 has to say. It says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. I plead with Judea and I plead with Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of the co-workers whose names are in the book of life and whose names I'm, I'm sure Paul didn't know how to pronounce because some of these are some really big words, okay? Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Feel free to highlight that in your Bible. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Hello. Can I get a hello? Hey, <laughs> just joking. Um, like the church in Philippi, there are some of us in the room that are constantly in a state of worry. There isn't one day that goes by where you aren't worried about someone or something. And as a result, maybe you're losing sleep. It, it's destroying your, your life and even jeopardizing your relationships. It's like a light switch, and you just can't figure out how to shut it off. Kids, have you ever had your parents tell you at night, okay, it's time to go to bed, go to bed, and you're wide awake? Yeah? All the time, right? I remember uh, what I figured out to do in those moments is be so quiet in the room that they don't even realize that you're still awake. Yeah. So it would get really late, and my parents are like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, ha, 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 all right? But sometimes our, our parents will tell us to go to bed, right? And you go to bed, and what do you do? You lie in bed, and you go, okay, it's time to sleep. <sighs> okay, it's time to sleep. It's time to go, right? And you just wrestle back, and all you can think about 
is, is trying to get to sleep, trying to go to bed, because all you're thinking about is trying to go to bed, and you're focusing on these things, and as a result, it's, it's, it's not working. You just can't stop thinking about it, trying to go to bed, but not being able to go to bed, and it's the same with worry. The more you focus on the problem, the farther you get away from the solution, right? The more we focus on our worry, it could be a, a money thing, could be an economy thing, it could be a leadership thing, it could be a family thing. The more we focus on the problem and solely on the problem, the farther away we get from the solution. And it's because, simply put, you're not focused on the solution. You're focused on the problem. And it's, it's, and it's not like you can just shut it off, right? When you're starting to think about this, So what would happen, let me ask you this today, what would happen if everyone in the room today would change their focus? Focus away from the problem and focus to something else. From the text, we see one thing we need to do. Right off the bat, Paul says, you need to live at peace with others. You want to stop worrying? One of the things we need to do is we need to live at peace with others. Paul begins this portion of the letter by addressing a fight that's going on amongst two women in the church. And you know if it's a, it, it's a big fight, if Paul, who's currently in a jail cell in Rome, is hearing about it and addressing it in a letter that's going to be publicly spoken to an entire congregation, Right? And remember, Paul is in a jail cell, and he's literally thousands of miles away from this, and yet he's addressing the circumstance. You know, sometimes it doesn't always take internet to connect people around the world. Sometimes it takes one really big fight, right? You ever had one of those big fights in the neighbors, right, that they can just hear everything, Right, we're in we're in a townhouse, and so you know when Rachel and I are having a disagreement, it's like, well, come on, what are you doing? Right, we're just <laughs> right. What are you doing? Right, <laughs> you know, we're trying to be quiet. Um, we're we're trying to be intentional about this, and, and so in this case, sometimes all it takes is a really big fight to connect with with people around the globe. And like most fights, rarely do these fights actually affect one another, but it ends up affecting everyone else around them. You know, fights are like fires. They're hard to contain, and rarely do they stay at the, pl- the, the point of contact, right? And so this is what's happening. Paul is addressing this because it's gotten so big, so out of hand, that they've actually started getting away from what they were intended to do from the beginning as a church. You know, and the Bible encourages us with this too, this idea of forgiveness and living at peace. Colossians 3, uh, 13 to 14, it says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. Bear with each other and forgive uh, one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. In other words, don't let unnecessary tension build. Don't, don't walk away from your problems. Don't be mean. Don't wait for time to heal things. Because the truth is, and, and for those of you who are mature here, you know that time doesn't always heal. 
Sometimes you just have to humble yourself, nip it in the butt, and just confront. You need to reconcile now. And the truth is, 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 is unity in relationships is far more important than being right. Unity in relationships is far more important than being right. I can, I can speak from experience as a man. My first year of marriage was figuring that one out, right? Ha! I was right! And then I was so wrong, right? Men, you know what I'm talking about. Women, you know what we're talking about, right? Unity in relationships is far more important than being right. And the truth is, is there's no need for a fallout. We see this happen all the time in relationships, in marriages, in our society. Rather than reconcile, we reconstruct a new life without that person or that people, you know, uh, that church. Instead of reconciling, we just move on. You know, rather than strive for unity, we strain to be right. But that's not the culture that Jesus wants to establish. That's not the kingdom that he's bringing to this world. In fact, it only adds to the fire. It just fuels the fire, especially when it comes to worry. I remember hearing a story about this family from Toronto that wanted to become cattle farmers. They wanted to own a ranch. And so what they did is they they moved out west and they started a ranch, but they couldn't agree on what the name of the ranch would be. And so a friend eventually went over to visit them at their ranch out west. And and the the would-be rancher replied, well, you know, when it comes to the name of our ranch, I wanted it to be Bar J, and my wife wanted it to be Susie Q. You know, our sons wanted it to be the Flying W, and then our daughter wanted it to be the Lazy Y. So we're calling it the Bar J, Susie Q, Flying W, Lazy Y. The man looks, the friend looks confused, and he's like, okay, well, where's all the cattle? And the man said, none survived the branding, right? (laughs) Yeah, some of you were delayed on that one. Yeah, we got like an initial laugh and then about 10 seconds later, oh, okay, that's good, it's good. Stay with me though, here, check this out. Listen up, listen up. Sometimes we lose focus. We lose so much focus on what we, uh, uh, sometimes we get so focused, sorry, on what we want that we forget the purpose of what we're doing here in the first place, right? Sometimes we lose focus on what we want that we forget the purpose of what we're doing here in the first place. We're here because Christ died for us and that he's given us new life. We're here because we've got a second chance at life. We're here to be a light to the world. We're here to be a light to to Milton, a light to to Georgetown, a light to Mississauga and Oakville and Burlington, a light to our community, a light to our country. And we are called to be loving and forgiving. And sometimes we lose focus of that because of what we want. So we need to be at peace with one another. It's essential when it comes to the kingdom that we live at peace with others. 
Do that and you'll be less worried. When dealing with worries, you also need to remember to remind yourself of who's in control. Remind yourself who's in control. Philippians 4, 4 to 5 says, always be glad because of the Lord. Always be glad because of the Lord. Paul has to be, if you think about it, Paul has to be one of the most unlikely people to make this statement because he's literally in a Roman jail. Now, I've been to a jail. I haven't been in a jail. Don't worry, your, your pastor's not a convict, okay? But I've been to a jail. There's nothing cozy about it. There's nothing nice about it. And yet, Paul is saying, always be glad. And what it goes to show you when we look at Paul is what's going on in your heart doesn't have to mirror what's going on around you. You hear that? What's going on in your heart doesn't have to mirror what's going on around you. Things could be completely chaotic, but you can have peace in the midst of chaos. You can always be glad because joy is found in God, not in our circumstances. And what I love about Paul is joy was not a luxury to him. It was a necessity. And we need to have joy as a necessity in our hearts to understand the love of God that he has for each and every one of you, to be full of joy like Paul. And you know why Paul was so full of joy? He was so full of joy because he was so confident that God was near him. He was so confident that Christ was with him. That Christ was working through him and doing incredible things through him. Let me ask you this morning. Do you know that? Do you know that Christ is near you? When you start to worry, when you start to get anxious, when you get frustrated, maybe it's a, a work thing or, or family, you know, uh, for parents, maybe, you, you know, your kids, you're wanting to train them in the way they should go and, and they're starting to, to, to second guess things and second guess what you've trained them and you start worrying, getting anxious. Do you know that God is near do you know that when you lose your job, God is near? Do you know that when your marriage is struggling, God is near? And he's that glue that can bring you together. You know, it's easy for us to get discouraged today. It's easy for us to get discouraged in difficult situations or to give too much precedence or too much control to things that aren't that important. It's easy to get sidetracked and lose focus. Worrying assumes that you can, 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 can change the outcome or, or can control the circumstance. You know, and often this actually leads to polarizing results, which is why we need to focus not on what is out of our control, but rather who is in control. For those of you in the room who are, um, let's say, 40 40 and up. I really need your attention right now. 40 and up. There are many of you in this room who have put your trust in the economy. You've put your trust in a political leader and a political system. You've put your trust in these things and as a result of what's going on in society, what's going on in our world, you've become weary. You've grown weary. 
you, you've become exhausted and your worry is oozing out of you. And you need to quit it. You need to stop it. And here's why. You want to know why? Because you're freaking out the children. You're scaring the children. Right? All they're hearing is, is oh my goodness, the economy is doing this. If we don't, if we don't do this right now, everything's going to crash. And, and soon we're not even going to be able to afford crackers. You know, we can't even get the salted crackers. We have to get the plain ones because they're just not good. And uh, we won't have the money. We won't have the, the infrastructure if we don't do this. If we don't bring the right leader into power, what's going to happen is everything's going to go to ruin. The world is going to be over just in four years. Years. You know, yeah, uh, sure, yeah. <laughs> Here, let me tell you this though. Let me tell you this though. See, you're scaring him, okay? Let me tell you this though. Is there is one thing that you and I have that's different? There's one reason why you and I don't have to worry in these things, it's because we have an understanding of this one word. It's called faith. It's trusting that God is in control and that what God has promised, God will fulfill in our lives, in our society, in the world, in and through you. So let me ask you the same question that Jesus asked his disciples and the masses in Matthew 6. Can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Now I know what you're thinking. Well, no. No, I can't. But I still worry all the time. Right? You don't know what I'm going through. I still worry all the time. So what do we do now? Well, we need to remember, we need to remember that your heavenly father absolutely loves and adores you. We need to remember that he's not a God that's going to throw us stones when we ask for bread, but we serve a God who is going to give us what we need when we go through difficult circumstances. And we need to remember, as Colossians uh, 3.15 says, it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. We need to remember that in the midst of chaos, what God can give you is peace. He can give you peace. So we need to stop trying to control things that are out of our control. It's good to vote. It, it, it's good to, to you know, work hard and, and it, it's good to try and help with the economy and all these things and be a part of these, these great movements, these great things that are going. But bigger than that, it's important to remember that Christ is in control. Replace your worry with his peace. Because it's his peace that can weather any storm that you might encounter. We also need to trust God with the outcome. Trust God with the outcome. I love this passage in Philippians. He says, do not be anxious about anything. Philippians 4, 6-7. 
Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Remember, Paul is in prison right now. Things aren't going well for him right now, and yet he encourages us as a church to replace worries with prayers. For every worry, replace it with a prayer. Worry less by praying more and trusting God with the outcome. Obviously, the outcome for Paul is he wants to be out of prison. But ultimately, he's trusting that as Romans 8.28 says, God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him. He's trusting that God's got the best in place for him. That God is at work in everything. That it doesn't mean that everything that happens is good because it's not. Evil is real in the world. But God is able to turn it around for our long-term good and ultimately for his glory. And so Paul is willing to put his trust in God. And trust is hard. Because we tend to look at our problems from a different lens than God. We only see our circumstances, but God sees the outcome. Trust God with your circumstances because he sees the outcome and he'll carry you through your circumstance. You know, when we look at scripture, when we look at scripture, we see these incredible women and these incredible men that had just the smallest amount of faith. The smallest amount of trust in God do incredible things. And let me tell you today, we, you know, sometimes we look at these, these Bible characters and we idolize them or we, we, we put them on this giant pedestal. But let me tell you right now, they're no different than you. The same God that worked in them with that little bit of trust, can work through you with your little bit of trust. You just have to trust. That's where it starts. Trust God with the outcome. Finally, we need to focus our thoughts. Um, if I can get the worship band up here. Focus our thoughts. Philippians 4, 8 to 9 says, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, Whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, worthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace, yes, the God of peace will be with you. Before uh, the band sings a song, I want to tell you a story of when I was in grade nine. Um, I'm in grade nine, and um, it was an interesting year. And it wasn't an interesting year because I started getting pimples on my face, and I was insecure about that. Uh, it was an interesting year because what ended up happening was uh, I broke out in um, all these warts on my hands. And uh, one thing at our school that was bigger than any other sport, and yes, it's a sport, was square dancing. I mean, like, our school was square dancing, like, champs, okay? Real deal stuff. 
And I'll tell you, those first number of weeks at, at, uh, at gym class, when, when we would uh, get together and the teacher would say, hey, we're going to do square dancing today. I, I remember that I'd be so insecure about my hands, about these, these weaknesses, whatever you want to call them, about these, these warts. And so what I would do is I would actually cover them up. I'd, I'd put Band-Aids on them. Even one time, you know, my left was worse, so I put like a glove on and people were like, what's with the glove? I'm like, Michael Jackson, what? You know? And, and, and so I would do these things to hide, hide this, because I was constantly worried about what people would say and what people would think. And you know, the truth is, is a lot of us today are doing the same thing when it comes to worried. We're so focused on our worries that we're not seeing what God is wanting to do around us. We're not seeing what God is wanting to do in and through us because we're just so consumed with worry. We're so consumed about these things that are in our lives that, that we're giving it way more precedence than it deserves. Psalms 46.10 says this. Be still, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. What is this saying? Slow down, take a breath. We're in a society right now that rushes, rushes, rushes. And as a result, worry is piling up and piling up and piling up. You know what my son does when, when, when he has a freak out? My son, when he freaks out, he starts shaking and he'll, he'll fall to the ground. And, and, and you know what I do when he, he has a meltdown, when he starts freaking out? I pick him up and I get him to focus on me. To, to stop focusing on, on that and focus on me. And that's what God is saying here to us. Be still and know who I am. Focus your attention away from your worries, from your problems, and look at the character of God. Look at the God who's so kind. Look at the God who created the heavens and the earth. Look at the God who literally calmed the waves and the storms and said, be still, and it was completely still in a moment. Look at the God who saw you in your mother's womb and said, this person is worth dying for, and I'm going to give my life so that they can live with purpose and thrive in life and not be drowning in worry, but drowning in my love for them. Be still and know who your God is. You know what I love about God is is he doesn't just say trust, but in Scripture we actually see He shows us what will look like when we trust. It's amazing that He would do that. And He says in Psalms 34, 5, those who look to Him are radiant. Those who look to Him are radiant. Their faces are never covered in shame. 
You know what you can expect when you start trusting in God? You can expect that your life will radiate the love of God. As you begin to put God in his rightful place in your life, you will begin to radiate. The Bible says in Matthew that you are the light of the world. Do you know why you're a light of the world? Is because Christ is living within you and it's him who's shining out through you. You are merely a reflection of his faithfulness in your life. And when you put trust in God, when you put trust in God, you will radiate church it's time to shine in Milton it's time to radiate it's time to take that little bit of faith that little bit of strength that you have left and just put it on God Father I thank you for uh, I thank you God for your kindness Surely love and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will stand in your presence one day. We will stand in your presence one day. Thank you, Lord, that your love and your peace moves with us, that we are not on our own, but you are with us. You are near, you are here. everyone just right now just take a big breath breathe in breathe out be still know that he is God he's in control friends he's got you he's got you and those are the best hands that could ever have you (laughs) be encouraged today as you go out God is with you. God is with you. God is with you. Go in peace.